Welcome to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast with your host, Greg Shepard. Greg is a fee-only financial advisor who specializes in helping those in higher education to take control of their retirement. Since 2001, Greg has helped employees all over the country make the most of their retirement plans. Hey there, folks. Greg Shepard here, Higher Ed Retire Podcast. So glad all of you out there could tune in today for this somewhat special episode, question and answer format. So for those of you that don't know me, I specialize in helping folks just like yourself out there in higher education, basically just get the most out of your higher ed retirement plan. So with that being said, folks, I get a lot of questions on a daily, weekly basis. I'm getting more questions uh, than I've seen in the past through my YouTube channel. So if you're not familiar with my YouTube channel, please check that out and subscribe. And I I try to post uh, a, a YouTube video basically whenever I think there's a topic of importance so maybe once a week, maybe a little bit more than that. But obviously through the podcast here, I do get email. So feel free to shoot me an email with a question or post it uh, in the question part of the YouTube channel as well. Email greg at shepherdfinancial.com. Shepherd is S-H-E-P-A-R-D. And I will certainly answer your questions. And if I think it's uh, relevant to the general public out there, I will include it in this uh, Q&A episode that I'll be doing, I think, we'll see how it goes on a monthly basis. So this will be the first one of those uh, of the Q&A episodes. So before I get going, I do have to uh, repeat a little disclosure, keep the attorneys at bay. So again, my name is Greg Shepard. I am an investment advisor. Investment advisory services are offered through SNA Financial Services, which is a registered investment advisor. Okay, so let's kick it off. I got a list here. What do I have here? One, two, three, four, five questions that I'll take a few minutes answering uh, to the best of my ability. And remember, none of this is investment advice, folks. So any question uh, that was posed, it's it's more of a general question. Don't go out there and implement whatever strategy I talk about. Uh, please consult with someone that is knowledgeable around these specific questions because it can get tricky and you don't want to make an irrevocable decision that can impact you well for the rest of your financial life. So make sure you get some professional help out there before doing anything surrounding your higher ed retirement plan. So the first question here is which contract is better? Now I've had a couple different folks out there, a few different folks, email me asking me which specific contract is better within TIAA. Keep that in mind. We're talking about TIAA here. And it's very difficult. It's not. It depends on what your goal is. Okay. So this, uh, these questions are going to have a myriad of answers, and there's going to be tangents to all these answers. Okay. So keep that in mind. Um, if if you have a specific question regarding your situation, by all means, email me, and I can answer you specifically. But generally speaking, when I get asked which contract is better, you know, typically there's like an RC, GRA. You're, you're talking about mandatory accounts and supplemental accounts, okay? So like an RA, uh, RC, that's synonymous with the mandatory account, which is typically, probably more than typically, where you have an employer contributing money to that account as well. That's an important feature of that contract. The supplemental, like a GSRA, okay, a group supplemental retirement, anything supplemental where the employer is not putting money into the plan. You are 100% contributing uh, maybe above and beyond what's mandatory to a 403B or 457. So when I get asked which, uh, sorry, when I get asked which contract is better, let's first determine 
if it's a mandatory or a supplemental account because with each account comes different restrictions. Okay, so when you're putting money into a mandatory account, typically synonymous with an RA contract, those monies going into TI traditional are going to be locked up. Okay, right now as of February 2023, that money is going to be locked up on the RA contract for 10 years. You can do a 10-year TPA if you want to take that money out, okay, in service. You can do it in service. Keep that in mind. That's a strategy that a lot of folks don't understand. You still have to do a 10-year TPA. And, of course, after retirement or separation of service, you can do a 10-year TPA as well uh, or a lifetime income annuity option. Or within 120 days of separation or retirement, you can do a 2.5% penalty and roll it over to an IRA. Okay, there's a lot of strategies involved. But the RA, so mandatory money, and that TI traditional is going to pay a higher interest because that money's locked up. Okay, TIA has you locked up, which is not necessarily a bad thing. That's just the way it is. Okay, there's ways that TIA makes money off your money. All right, and if it's locked up, they have access to that money, your money, for a longer period of time. And that's why they're able to pay higher rates inside that mandatory account. I'll do a, you know, I've been asked about that a little bit, so I need to do a uh, separate episode or a YouTube video on how TIA actually makes the money off the TI traditional. I think that's a pretty good question uh, that I need to address. So you got the R, I'm sorry, the mandatory and the supplemental. Asked if which one's better, asked which account contract is better. It all depends on the strategy you're trying to accomplish. Okay, if you don't mind locking your money up, okay, you're looking at that lifetime income annuity uh, option or feature. Okay, it's going to pay you a pretty good rate then maybe, this isn't a guarantee or anything like that, maybe that uh, RARC mandatory TI traditional account is better than the supplemental. You're going to get those higher rates, but the con is that your money is locked up. The supplemental, okay, you're going to going to get a little bit lower of a rate because that money is liquid. That money is liquid, so they're not, they're not going to pay you as much because of the liquidity issue, right? Makes sense? So if you're looking for liquidity, but still a higher rate, again, February 2023, you got your supplemental TI traditional accounts, contracts, paying above 5%, depending upon what contract, that's pretty darn good. And it's liquid. All right. Uh, so keep that in mind. It depends on what your strategy is. Asked uh, which contract's better. It depends, right? Like a lot of these answers are going to fall under. Uh, however you want to word that. Okay. It depends on your situation. Again, email me. And I can be a little more specific uh, regarding that question to your situation. Greg at shepherdfinancial.com. Okay, let's move on. Next question. Can TIAA be rolled over to another company at retirement? <laughs> okay. It depends. Okay, that's going to be the common theme of a lot of these questions. So when you ask, can TIAA, what I'm assuming is that you have TI traditional which is very popular, okay, and the CREF portion. Now, we can start off with the CREF portion. The answer to that question is yes. So can TIAA CREF be rolled over to another company at retirement? The CREF portion, which is a non-TIAA traditional, the answer is yes. That is liquid. Now, I say that I've, I haven't run across where it's not, so make sure you qualify that prior to implementing that strategy but the CREF side should be liquid, okay? Now, the TI traditional, if you're asking more specifically about that, again, it all depends on the contracts involved. So 
and I have a lot of information regarding this. But if it's TI, if you have under a dollar amount, don't quote me on this. I think it's around five thousand. If you have under a certain dollar amount in TI traditional in a mandatory account, you can actually liquidate that money. Okay, but make sure you you qualify that prior to doing that. But if that's if that money is in a mandatory account inside a traditional TI traditional like RARC contract, you can roll it over to a different company over a number of years, either 10 or 7 years, annual disbursements from that account to a rollover IRA at your vendor of choice. You can do that. Or take the haircut. We call it a haircut, but it's a penalty if you're within 120 days of retirement or separation of service, however you want to word that. So there's, there's a lot of different ways, not a lot, that's, that's a little dramatic. There are a few different ways you can roll that money over to a different company at retirement depending upon your situation. Remember, the crest side, that's all liquid. Okay, you can do whatever you want with that. Roll it over, keep it a TIAA, whatever you want to do with that. It's that TIA traditional that becomes very, very tricky. Again, have someone um, help you out that's, prof that, that's a professional uh, with experience inside higher red retirement plans to help you specifically on that question. Okay, question number three. Does one need TI, okay, does one need traditional if you, okay, I get it. Sorry. Uh, I, I didn't look at these questions prior to, <laughs> do, probably would have helped if I would have, but does, does one need TI traditional if you have a pension slash social security, which covers in this case, 70% uh, of this person's retirement income? Uh, the answer, when I first think about this, now this, th this kind of falls into that retirement planning slash financial planning uh, realm. So again, I'm going to say this over and over and over. Make sure you get someone, uh, an investment advisor, a professional to help you out before even thinking about implementing any of these strategies. But at first blush, I would say um, no. So again, the question, does one need TI traditional if you have a pension slash social security to basically cover uh, three-fourths of your, of your retirement income? Now, the reason I say probably no is that this person that's asking the question has a pension. A lot of you out there do not. Pensions are an archaic feature. Just like public companies, you know, companies synonymous with 401ks, as too are higher ed institutions when it comes to doing away with pensions. Uh, it's akin to Social Security. There's more going in than going out. I said that completely incorrectly. The other way around, there's more going out than coming in. Okay, so I think you all pretty much grasp. It's economics 101, it's math 101, however you want to word that. Um, you know, my nine-year-old could figure this out. If you have more going out than coming in, uh, that's a doomed feature. That's a doomed whatever it is you're talking about uh, financially, as is these, uh, these pensions. That's why you don't see them too much in these higher ed institutions. So if you have a pension, good for you, uh, and Social Security, which is covering three-fourths of your income, I don't know if there's a huge need for TI traditional because that money is going to be locked up, most likely, okay, if it's coming from a mandatory account. And not even necessarily a mandatory account. If you, if you flip it over to a lifetime income annuity option, obviously that money is going to, be, uh, going to be fixed, right? So I like liquidity features of my retirement monies. It doesn't have to be all liquid, but I like some liquidity in my retirement money for various reasons. Estate planning reasons, uh, emergency reasons. There's a there's a number of reasons that are specific to each person. So again, make sure you have someone help you out prior to implementing 
anything. But generally speaking, if you're if your I'm sorry, if your fixed income is covered, you know, two thirds. I'm sorry, three fourths of it, roughly. Uh, I don't know if I would venture down the road of traditional or lifetime income annuity options. I, I I'd rather keep that money more liquid. Now the pro of it is that if you have all fixed, then it's fixed. So you know exactly uh, what kind of income is coming in per month, all right? But I do believe and know that you can accomplish a lot of that fixed income outside of fixed accounts. Hopefully that makes sense, all right? So that's question number, number three. Question number four, which TIAA annuity option should I choose? Okay. Oh, I remember. Okay, I remember this question. I actually talked to this person individually. Uh, it all depends, right? So this for sure, you want to talk to somebody. There's, there, you can look this stuff online. Look this stuff up online. There are different annuity options. You know, when you do your lifetime income annuity option, as so the the amount of money, the amount of income you're going to receive from this annuity depends upon the beneficiary option that you choose. So. Are you married? Do you have estate planning wants or needs? Meaning, do you want to leave children money? Are you single with no family? I do have a number of these folks. Then maybe we want to maximize the amount of income coming to you on a monthly basis. Basically leaving nobody anything because there isn't anybody. Okay, And so we choose that option to maximize the monthly income. Obviously, the more you leave two beneficiaries the less your income payment is going to be. So when I'm asked which TIA annuity option should I choose, immediately I start asking, okay, are you married? Do you want to leave money to children or some other, what I call beating heart, upon your death? We have to answer those questions first, and then we have to find out, well, how much do you want to leave to them? And that really depends upon how much you want from uh, that annuity on a monthly basis. Because like I said, the more you leave to somebody else, the less you'll get what I say up front on a monthly basis. So it depends. You really need to put a plan in place regarding those annuity options. Okay, next question. Is Fidelity or TIAA better? I get this question a lot, so much that I did um, a different episode on this, and I've done a couple, two or three YouTube videos as well. Now, I think they both, so T, let's preface this a little bit. So TIAA, which they like to be called TIA, and Fidelity are the big boys, the big players in higher ed retirement plans. They dominate this space, TIAA by far, and Fidelity is creeping up on them slowly but surely. So I ran into, uh, and I'll give you a little story here. I ran into uh, a prospect that had both vendors, and a lot of you out there, especially if you're at the bigger public institutions, your private institutions have typically dominated by TIAA. But a lot of those larger institutions will have both vendors. And I like to coin the phrase, best of both worlds. You can, most, I'm not going to say all, because there's always that one institution out there, but most institutions that I run across, you as the employee will have the ability to use both vendors. Now, so when I'm asked, is Fidelity or TIAA better? The answer, it depends. <laughs> I, hate, I hate giving this, but let me, let me explain why. So if you're a younger, okay, so let's classify this a little bit. If you're a younger uh, investor, 
I don't know, you, you define what younger means, 40s, even 50s, and you want to be aggressive, okay? In my opinion, I like Fidelity Platform better because typically Fidelity, you'll have the brokerage link feature. Now, now I know a lot of universities out there will have uh, the brokerage link feature through T, uh, TIA as well. I just like the Fidelity brokerage link better, okay? But again, educate yourself on what brokerage link is, but if you're more of an aggressive investor and you want more equities, I like the Fidelity platform because your choices through that brokerage link window are thousands and you'll have more than enough choices to allocate your portfolio in that aggressive manner that you're looking for. Okay. And there's of course some conservative investments you can get into as well. Now, if you're kind of the middle of the road, maybe you want, um, I don't know, I'm making this up 70, 30, 70% stocks, 30% bonds. Now the bond again, folks, I need to reiterate this. This is February, 2023. The fed has been jacking up rates as basically as quick as they can. What that means specific to this episode is that anything, um, you know, the bond market interest, anything inter that's producing interest is high right now. And that goes for TI traditional. So it's a qualifier for what I'm about to say. So let's say you're a 70, 30 investor, 70% um, stocks, 30% more conservative, you know, bond allocation type investments. Well, here's where that best of both worlds can come into play because you can utilize that 70% over at Fidelity, access some more aggressive investments, take that 30%, throw it over to TIAA. Now, I've seen a lot of institutions that have a money market. For example, I just talked to a lady uh, yesterday. I forgot the institution, it doesn't matter. But they had a, fan, a, a, a Vanguard money market. Again, February, 2023, this will not be the same, you know, 2024, 2025. So that's very specific to right now where it's paying 4.31%, that Vanguard money market. It's liquid. That's a fantastic, that's, are you kidding me? That's fantastic. Now, the TI traditional on the supplemental side is playing, uh, paying over 5%, and on the locked up one on the RARC was paying over 6 So right there, we can allocate our bond money. You could, I'm not saying do this. You could take that money and allocate uh, the bond portion, in this, in this case 30%, over to either a money market for kind of a short term, maybe 12 months, maybe a little less than that because rates are going to change. Um, maybe more attractively that supplemental TI traditional. And maybe the last last resort um, is in the mandatory TI traditional, okay, because that money's locked up. But if you have an exit plan on that TI traditional mandatory account, that's a very, it could be an attractive feature if you have a game plan in place. So, Let's go back to the question. Is Fidelity or TIAA better? Now, I'm 40, 46 years old. So I, if I had to choose, I'm putting my money at Fidelity. I've done that for all my clients up until 2022-ish because of the attractive rates that TI Traditional is providing. But all my clients prior to that, we were over at Fidelity. Uh, they have good bond choices over there. All right. So uh, if you're more of an, a conservative investor, maybe look at TIAA. Okay. Uh, for the reasons I just spoke about. And you can you can use what I call best of both worlds. You can use the best features of both vendors to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Now, I know this stuff can get tricky. Um, I, I trip over these topics all the time, talking to clients and prospects, and I do this every day, right? So I don't expect you to learn or know all this stuff at first blush. And what, why I'm saying this is get some help, folks. This is, I've said this before, absent of Social Security, maybe even more so than so Social Security, this is your largest asset for retirement. Do not make a mistake. 
Okay, I've seen folks time and time again to make uh, that make mistakes, choices that are irrevocable. Don't go that road. Get some help. Now, be cautious of getting help from those folks over at Fidelity and TIAA. They're great people, wonderful companies. But let's put two and two together. Any any uh, person you get at Fidelity or TIAA, respectively, they're going to want to keep your money there, right? And they're going to talk about the proprietary investment slash products that they have. You want to talk to an independent investment advisor that's knowledgeable about higher ed retirement plans. Okay, folks, make sure you're aware of that because there are a lot of different strategies and options that are afforded to you that you probably don't even know. We haven't gone down the road of, for, uh, of uh, Roth accounts within your higher ed retirement plans. They do exist and have a lot of education uh, educational episodes and YouTube clips on that as well. But please reach out to me if you have questions on that or any other stuff that I've talked about in this episode or prior episodes. Okay, uh, like I mentioned, throw questions at me once a month. Uh, if there, if it's a question that I think it applies to the general public, I'll throw it on an episode here. Greg at shepherdfinancial.com. Shepherd is S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Check out that YouTube channel. Uh, you can post a question there as well, and I'll answer it on that forum as well, uh, as well as these episodes too. Okay, that's enough for today, folks. Hey, like I always say at the end of these episodes, go out there and take control of your retirement today. Thanks for listening to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast. Just because this episode is over doesn't mean you can't continue your retirement journey please visit www.higheredretire.com to see how you can work with Greg or to simply ask him a question. Thanks again. S&A Financial Services is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.